everyone. Let's talk about God from this perspective. For me, I would say that the ultimate complexity in life is God. The ultimate complication in life is God. The ultimate intricacy in life is God. The ultimate turn in life is God. The ultimate twist in life is is God. The ultimate complicatedness in life is God. The ultimate convolution in life is God. The ultimate convolutedness in life is God. The ultimate entanglement in life is God. The ultimate difficulty in life is God. The ultimate problem in life is God. The ultimate involvement in life is God. The ultimate enigma in life is God. The ultimate mystery in life is God. The ultimate puzzle in life is God. The ultimate riddle in life is God. The ultimate conundrum in life is God. The ultimate paradox in life is God. The ultimate unsolved problem in life is God. The ultimate unanswered question in life is God. The ultimate question mark in life is God. The ultimate quandary in life is God. The ultimate closed book in life is God. The ultimate poser in life is God. The ultimate teaser in life is God. The ultimate brain teaser in life is God. The ultimate stumper in life is God. The ultimate duality in life is God. The ultimate doubleness in life is God. The ultimate dualism in life is God. The ultimate duplexity in life is God. The ultimate ambivalence in life is God. The ultimate dichotomy in life is God. The ultimate polarity in life is God. The ultimate difference in life is God. The ultimate separation in life is God. The ultimate opposition in life is God. The ultimate contrariety in life is God. The ultimate antinomy, antinomy in life is God. The ultimate antithesis in life is God. The ultimate contradiction in life is God. The ultimate contradictoriness in life is God. The ultimate conflict in life is God. The ultimate antagonism in life is God. The ultimate gray area in life is God. The ultimate shades of gray in life is God. The ultimate uncertainty in life is God. I would, I dare say, um, God is the biggest fog, the biggest blur, the biggest fuzziness, the biggest shadow, the biggest smoke, the biggest haze, um, the biggest cloudiness, the biggest lack of 
clearness. Um, the biggest obscurity. Um, the biggest muzziness. Um, the biggest mistiness. The biggest murky, muddied waters. The biggest blear. The biggest garble, the biggest distortion, the biggest confusion. The biggest muddled. And the biggest vagueness and the biggest ambiguity. The biggest murkiness, the biggest cloudiness, the biggest fogginess, the biggest haziness, the biggest vague shape, the biggest indistinct shape, the biggest hazy shape, the biggest smudge. The biggest obfuscation and the biggest form of unintelligibility. So these are not offensive terms when it comes to God. What I'm saying is these are all synonyms for gray areas. Um, Because as human beings, we feel these things from time to time. So I'm not insulting God. I'm being honest about the human experience in terms of the comprehension attempts at the concept of God that we've all been introduced to. So I'm not attacking believers. I'm not attacking faith at all. I'm just being honest that even believers at times feel these feelings too. And I like to create open spaces where we could be honest about how we're feeling so we can be gentle be gentler and gentle to ourselves and we can be gentler and gentle to others and we can be gentler and gentle to even people we've been taught to see as other also known as othering also known as otherism so that's why i'm saying what i'm saying There's more. So now that you understand where I'm coming from, here is um, Affirmations of Humanism, a statement of principles drafted by Paul Kurtz. I did this before, but now I'm going to just say I, okay, to make it fully personal to me. I am committed to the application of reason and science to the understanding of the universe and to the solving of human problems. I deplore efforts to denigrate human intelligence, to seek to explain the world in supernatural terms, and to look outside nature for salvation.
I believe that scientific discovery and technology can contribute to the betterment of human life. I believe in an open and pluralistic society and that democracy is the best guarantee of protecting human rights from authoritarian elites and repressive majorities. I am committed to the principle of the separation of church and state. I cultivate the arts of negotiation and compromise as a means of resolving differences and achieving mutual understanding. I am concerned with securing justice and fairness in society and with eliminating discrimination and intolerance. I believe in supporting the disadvantaged and the handicapped so that they will be able to help themselves. I attempt to transcend divisive parochial loyalties based on race, religion, gender, nationality, creed, class, sexual orientation, or ethnicity, and or any other types of statuses, and I do strive to work together for the common good of humanity. I want to protect and enhance the earth to preserve it for future generations and to avoid inflicting needless suffering on other species. I believe in enjoying life here and now and in developing my creative talents to their fullest. I believe in the cultivation of moral excellence. I respect the right to privacy. Mature adults should be allowed to fulfill their aspirations to express their sexual preferences, to express their gender and sexual diversity, to exercise reproductive freedom, to have access to comprehensive and informed health care, and to die with dignity. I believe in the common moral decencies, altruism, integrity, honesty, truthfulness, responsibility. Humanist ethics is amenable to critical rational guidance. There are normative standards that we discover together. Moral principles are tested by their consequences. I am deeply concerned with the moral education of our children. I want to nourish reason and compassion. I am engaged by the arts no less than by the sciences. Um, I am a citizen of the universe and I am excited by discovery still to be made in the cosmos. I am skeptical of untested claims to knowledge and I am open to novel ideas and seek new departures in my thinking. I affirm humanism as a realistic alternative to theologies of despair and ideologies of violence and as a source of rich personal significance and genuine satisfaction in the service to others. I believe in optimism rather than pessimism, hope rather than despair, learning in the place of dogma, truth instead of ignorance, joy rather than guilt or sin, tolerance in the place of fear, love instead of hatred, compassion over selfishness, beauty instead of ugliness, and reason rather than blind faith or irrationality. I believe in the fullest realization of the best and noblest that we are capable of as human beings. Now let me explain, because I use some words that are ear-grabbing to believers. When I talk about guilt or sin or dogma or blind faith or looking outside nature for salvation, explaining the world in supernatural terms and the separation of church and state, this is exactly what I mean to say. What I mean to say is that I want to know, because once I know, I don't have to continue to play the guessing game. 
Intimacy means that the guessing game is over. In the eyes of believers, knowledge and intimacy go hand in hand. I feel that way scientifically. So let me explain. Is blind faith literal truth, figurative truth, or both? That's my question to believers. Dogma. Does dogma have to be world domination? Or can dogma be about the human community elevation? Is dogma literal truth, a figurative truth, or both? That's my question to believers. And why does faith have to be blind? What's wrong with sighted knowledge? I know, I see, therefore the doubts are over. Um, When it comes to guilt or sin... My question to believers is, y'all say that y'all have been forgiven by God and that y'all repent. Then why are so many of you suffering from sin consciousness, perfectionism consciousness, the Peter Pan syndrome? And the victim mentality, even though y'all have what it takes to heal, and y'all claim that God helps you heal. But so many of you are not willing to do the healing work that, according to the Bible, God has planned for you. Why the fake persecution complex when it comes to most of y'all in America are not being persecuted. Y'all the majority in Congress. You're the majority in the House. You're the majority in the Senate. You're the majority in the mayor's offices. You're the majority in the governor's mansions. You're the majority in city council. Most people say they're politicians are self-professed Christians. So where's the persecution? You have politicians who go to church and worship in your churches. So once they set foot in a church, the church is not destroyed. Okay, yes, there are church bombings and there is uh, some persecution of Christian America, but it's not the type of persecution that is experienced in Asia. Africa, the Middle East, and other authoritarian environments in our global society. For example, if you're in Saudi Arabia and you claim to be Christian, they will legally execute you. If you're not Christian and if you're not Muslim in certain African countries, they can legally execute you. In China, if, you, if you're caught smuggling a Bible, they will kill you. 
some of these, most of the time, it's legal execution. There are some instances where they will actually either con put a contract out on your life or kill you for free in the streets. These things happen to Christians in these in these worlds, but I don't hear you know the Christian community preaching against the persecution that's happening in these dictatorial regime infested parts of the globe. But you only want to talk about it in America that makes no sense. I have problems with that. And I'm not saying that people can't have faith. What I'm saying, like faith for me means that I believe I'll wake up tomorrow because I'm in excellent health. That type of faith actually makes sense to people. Your faith should be based on you can, you don't have a hard time explaining it. And when you do explain it, even if it's hard, that a person has an easier time growing their compassion for you. So that's all of what I'm saying. Now, as we're looking outside nature and supernaturalism, my question is, with salvation, is that a literal truth, a figurative truth, or both? And isn't preservation better than salvation? You protect. You, you got to do more than just save. You got to protect. That keeps me safe. Not just keeping me safe. That keeps me safe. That keeps all my goodness safe. That keeps all things about me safe in terms of all, all of my strengths, all of my good character traits safe, and all the stuff I need to work on, you know, the flaws, the frailties. I actually, if I'm kept protected, I could actually work on those things about myself. I could actually do engage in self-refinement, Right? Is refined, and I can gauge in, you know, if there are things about me that are dirty that need to be cleaned up, I'm not talking about excusing scandals or rewarding scandals. I'm not talking about excusing crime, rewarding crime. I'm not talking about sweeping the other rug. I'm talking about, um, you know, actually have time to mature myself. Shouldn't I have the freedom gauge in self purification? And, and is purification and refinement, are they both literal? Are, okay, with refinement and, lit, and um, purification, are these literal truths, figurative truth, or both? Or both? You know, that's what I'm uh, questioning in my heart. And as for supernaturalism, is that a literal truth, a figurative truth, or both? Those are my questions.